What is up, Dunwoody? Hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving and maybe hit up some Black Friday sales. The Alexa Echo Dot is the top seller again this holiday season. I got a whole bunch of those to give out as closing gifts because having Alexa in your new home automatically makes that a smart home and then you can you know, go from there, take a little steps from there. I got a few more LED smart bulbs to automate our lights because my three-year-old can't reach the light switch, but he knows, Alexa, turn the lights to 50% brightness. The Alexa platform and app has gotten a bunch of upgrades recently. And it's cool now you can, we've got like eight of them around the house and you can link, you know, like four of them in the downstairs all together. And so you can play music through all three of them or all four of them. And it kind of acts like a cheap Sono system. But the best part of Alexa at your home is this. Alexa, play What's Up Dunwoody podcast. Getting the latest episode of What's Up Dunwoody. Here it is from TuneIn. What's up, Dunwoody? Happy Alexa, Thanksgiving. Stop. So get yourself a $20 Echo this holiday season. Amazon Echo is not a sponsor of today's show. The show is brought to you by PoolDues.com, Justin's back-end billing software for your neighborhood pool, and by me. I'm a real estate agent with the Dogwood team, Keller Williams Peachtree Road. If you have any real estate questions or needs at all, give me a call, 404-502-8683. This week's guest is Jim Reiteicher. Jim is a city council member from District 2. Super nice guy and um, willing to talk about anything. He was here for a long time with us. Um, I want to try to keep the shows to around 20 to 30 minutes, so I split up our conversation into three shows that I will be putting out all this week. We got into election results, the Sunday morning drinking bills, high street starting construction, Austin Elementary School updates, plans for the Spruill Center, virtual reality training rooms for the Dunwoody Police Department, new turf soccer fields for the Chiefs, and a timeline for Brook Run Amphitheater. And that was just in the first 20 minutes of today's show. So hit that button on your phone that says subscribe, and we'll get you more of Jim in a couple days. What's up, Dunwoody? Welcome back to the What's Up, Dunwoody podcast. Hey, we're here with Jim Reitetcher. You screwed it up already. Hey, we're here with Jim Reitetcher. Right? I, I don't think you got it right. Reitetcher. Reitetcher. Like Justin's got it. Rhymes with TIE Fighter. And I should have said it a couple times before we started. But oh, anyway, Jim. Is our council member for which district? You're district 2. two. Okay. I'm the district only council member for District 2. Lynn Deutsch is my counterpart as the at-large. Okay. So, you know, I'm in the same role as Tom Lambert and uh, Pam Talmadge. Okay. Are you pro golf carts and done with you or con golf You're really getting right to it, yeah, huh? that's a big question. I, I, I'm sort of of the um, don't ask, don't tell on golf carts Ooh, in Dunwoody. Yeah. I like. <laughs> <laughs> you got a few of them in the neighborhood, so. Yeah, there's, 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 I'm in Dunwoody Club Forest, so, you know, I back up to the country club. There's all yeah, kinds of folks. I, I don't have one, but there are a lot. I, I see them around. Uh, you I, look the other way. I see them around. Yeah. <laughs> apparently, apparently the police are not supposed to look the other way. If they see you driving through a residential neighborhood uh, on a golf cart. But, police are supposed to do their job. That makes sense. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> All right, Jim, what do you want to talk about today? I've got no notes for you, so we're just going to wing this. Well, I, I've got, you know, from, from our email exchange, I've got a whole bunch of random things to talk about. Let, let's talk about the recent election. All right. We're going to stay away from anything partisan political let's talk about important stuff okay the brunch bill passed overwhelmingly the Most election important. was certified yesterday evening around 7 7 10 i think was the time stamp on the dehab county document so as of this instant mimosas for you breakfast. can buy a mimosa for breakfast on sunday yeah, at 11 30 and our hoteliers are happy about that i think we should all be happy about that yeah. I, you know if you want to Mimosa or Bloody Mary at brunch on Sunday, you know, before noon, I think that's an okay thing. Seems like such a small thing, but everybody but it, was real excited about well, it. Well, yeah, so. it's, it's 
you know, it's it's a good thing to have. Not much do you know time drinker, but yeah. do you yeah. know the exact vote count? Because I think a lot of those no's were accidental. I, I t- <laughs> one of my no, one of my buddies goes, I voted no by accident. Sa- Sasha did the same thing. Yeah, because oh, it really? said from eleven to twelve thirty, and so it looked like it was switching it from eleven to twelve thirty. But what oh, it meant was you're allowed I, to I drink from saying, eleven to twelve thirty, which you weren't before. I bet yes. so there's some listeners right now that are thinking I voted wrong there. Yeah, yeah, I, I, it was like seventy-seven twenty-three. Okay. It was it was right. over. Yeah, but Lynn Deutsch sent out a, something on Facebook that said you have to vote yes to this if you want it. And, you know, she highlighted it and everything. Right. And that actually did help a lot of people. All through the comments, people were like, "I didn't know that." Yeah. You know. So that is good. So that's good. Yeah, and I think it. You know, we, we like our hoteliers. They bring a lot of money and such to the city, and yep. they're the ones who are really going to use it. You know, it's the Marriott and the when the Crown Plaza opens back up and mm-hmm. the Meridian. It's people like that that really have that kind of a... The perimeter area is real important to Dunwoody. That's what I've precisely. realized in the last few months. Precisely. Um, speaking of perimeter area, um, you know, I was just at City Hall this morning talking to a couple of folks about various things, and I, I got some indications that High Street is coming back around, that they may actually start moving dirt. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know how much you know about High Street. I've heard Zero. Them. Yeah, Done. No, nothing? Okay, we'll okay. start from scratch. So High Street is an assemblage of land on the far western border of the city, kind of across the street from the Dunwoody Marta Station, um, north of where the big state farm, just immediately north of where the big state farm campus is. Kind of close to Perimeter, gotcha. Yeah, across, across from Perimeter Mall. You know, the other side of Perimeter Mall from the Marta Station. If you walk from the Perimeter, from Perimeter Mall to the Marta Station and keep walking, that whole assemblage of land is is called High Street. And this is a piece of land that was zoned by DeKalb County. We didn't, you know, we as a city did not put the zoning in place. And they are zoned for a zillion residential units and a whole bunch of office space. And don't ask me for particulars. Call up Richard, call Richard McLeod to get the exact numbers. The Highlander. Um, yeah, only one shall live. <laughs> um, so, um, but the bottom line is, you know, it's a serious high-rise development with potentially a whole bunch. You know, they have by zoning right that pre-existed us as a city. You know, the right to build a an enormous project, and and it's going and, and it's going to be mixed-use retail, and it's been in works. I mean, they've had significant discussions with community development, sort of on a pre-permitting, pre-construction basis. And apparently they were just back in and are threatening to be under construction early next, you know, sometime early next year in the first quarter. So. Is that a threat, though? It's not a threat. I mean, when I say, I mean, it's not a threat. I mean, they, they can build. Right. I mean, they can build. You know, this America, people have property rights, and they have those property rights. We, we your city council, don't touch. You know, if, if they don't have to come before us because they need a zoning change, because of pre-existing zoning rights, if they don't have to come before us. We're, we're, we're not in the picture. It's all by, you know, they, they follow the rules on, you know, what their zoning says they can build, and they build it per the building code. They, How high can they go, I guess, is the question. I think there's stuff up in the 25-story range Ooh, in that development. For residential, too, huh? Uh, yeah, it's all mixed. Yeah, it's it's all mixed use. I think. Well, past a certain height, I mean, you're not going to. Yeah, <laughs> a, a Macy's on the twentieth floor. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know what? A lot of our listeners are probably thinking that's Austin, isn't it? That's Austin School District. Yeah, you know, it's really where the county puts it. You know, I I don't. You know, it, it's sort of like the zoning we're looking at um, for um, grub for grub. 
you know, are you really going to get that many school children? You know how many school children are out in the Manhattan? Yeah, that's a... Four. Yeah. There's four kids right now that go to DeKalb County Public Schools. Those are facts. People don't... Out of the Manhattan. People don't listen to facts. It's always a good point. Yeah, because you you read that on Facebook. They go, oh, there goes our schools. And you go, no, no, these are single units, you know. Yeah, Yeah, it's mostly, you know, it's either empty nesters or young professionals who probably don't have kids because when they have kids, they tend to want a place with a yard and... And if it's that close to Marta, there, you know, it's going to be millennials if you're that close to Marta, probably. Right. So. right. I've said before on this show that we need to take all the Dunwoody grandparents and put them into one building, and then every school kid goes, "That's where my Gigi or Mimi lives, or Grandma, Granddad," and they can all kind of know that that's the central location for. Like, you get past a certain age, you go to Shady Towers. Shady Towers. <laughs> <laughs> that could be it. Well, you know, it's interesting you say that though, because you know the average age. Out in Dunwoody is probably older than most people realize. And I say that because, you know, I've been here a long time and I didn't come to that realization until I was running for office five years ago. Okay. And I'm knocking on doors and I'm here to tell you there are a lot of folks that are original owners of those Dunwoody five, four, and a door still living in them. Yep. You know, what I learned real quick, you know, at that point I had lived in Dunwoody 30 years. And what I learned knocking on doors is that to many, I was still a newcomer. Okay. <laughs> snapper. Yeah, exactly. I'm 55. What? Yeah. 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 You, you Get know, off I, my lawn. Exactly. Take your Frisbee and go. Exactly. So, you know, it's just worth saying. What so, is, do you know what the actual average age is? I, I don't offhand. We, I we, 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 we've had that. I tell you who's got those numbers is Michael Starling. We, we, we've had that report to us, and it's just not something I know off the top of our head. Bob my head. I, I think too. we did have it. It's something like 39 or 40. Yeah, yeah it's that I kind of Bob number. brought it up. Bob yeah. yeah, that's we, we've had that kind of demographic information in some of the presentations that, uh, you know, typically that's the kind of thing that comes across in our annual retreat that we do or annual planning conference that we, you know, we do it like a day and a half serious sit-down planning conference on a whole bunch of issues, you know, typically every February. And that, that's the kind of thing that we, we've seen in those events. Let's see, the Austin School repurposing. Here we go. There's a big issue for us in 2019. What are they going to do with that old school, right? Well, and, and there, there, there's, there's a couple issues here. One is, is the county going to get out in time, okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because they're behind the curve. They didn't get started too quickly you know after we you know it took a long time you know a lot of back and forth between us and the school system to do the land swap deal and then once the land swap deal was finally inked it took quite a while for them to get under you know to get their contractor under contract and construction started and then when they got into construction they found a hole. They well, right. w- w- what they found was yeah, a, a hole filled with organic material. Basically, mm-hmm. when they Trash. built those it's fields, well, they cut down all the trees, threw, covered the trees up, you know, p- put them in the hole and filled them up with dirt, and that mm. was, you know, that was those ball fields. Well, guess what? You can't build a serious structure like the new Austin School on or you know old organic fields. So they had to dig down to where they got to, you know undisturbed soil which in this part of the world typically means you know old school red clay, red clay. <laughs> <laughs> you know so they had they, they they took you know i forget the number but it was you know I, I think it was well in you know nicely into four figures worth of trucks of bad soil you know old de- decomposing trees basically out of that site before they could 
you know, properly get under construction. So between the various delays I just described, I'm not so sure, you know, I'm, I'm not so sure they're going to be open in time for next fall. I think that, you know, it may be, you know, they, they don't start until the second semester. Yeah. Uh, that, that wouldn't surprise me a bit. Yeah, I almost thought that that was just a given at this point. I, I, I don't know. I don't know that they've made a formal announcement of that, but it's certainly my expectation. So, so with that said, we as a city have some breathing room. You know, we don't have to decide what we're going to do with Austin as of, you know, next September. We've got till next January, mm-hmm. you know, so 14 months from now, call it. But we as a city um, and a community have to decide what it is we're going to do with that property. And there's a lot of different ideas, but, you know, we... We are going to be, you know, as a your city government, you know, we're going to be working on having that discussion and deciding what we're going to do because, you know, is it more open field park? Do we keep some of the structures? Do we keep all of the structures? You know, we there are some needs out there. You know, we've got folks, you know, we've got the Spruill Center who is very, you know, they're bursting at the they they're bursting at the seams and need some more space. You know. You know, in, in the best of all possible worlds, you know, we wish we had a new library building and they could expand into the library and just stay on that site because, yeah. um, you know, if you look, you know, at, at their space there at, you know, the Spruill Center on Shambly Dunwoody, um, you know, the North Cab Cultural Arts Center, as it were, there's a lot of work that has been done to modify those spaces for kilns and you know, just the various uses that they're doing, you know, for the potters. It'd be and, hard to move. Yeah, well, it's just, it, it just it takes, a, there's a lot of mechanical and electrical work in the building, you know, beyond what was there when it was a school mm-hmm. to accommodate all the stuff that, that they've got going on. So, you know, it, for them to all be in one place, the only real way to do it, you know, is, is to take over the library, but I don't see that as an as a possibility and that could be the arts area you know that makes sense yeah but you know unfortunately i don't think that's a, a reasonable possibility so we're you know we're we're just trying to figure out how we can accommodate them and you know one of the ways that some functions go to austin or maybe the theater goes to austin and and the spruill center takes over all the theater space you know because they've got some space beyond just the the auditorium mm-hmm. um and then what else you know goes up there and then and then to add to the mix, you know, we've got what I've been calling the City Hall Annex down on Shallowford. Okay, so we own a building that's basically where Peachford currently dead ends into Shallowford. And, and the idea at one time was that that, might, that property might allow for a, an additional an extension of Peachford um, to go further to the west and kind of eventually connect over towards Shambly Dunwoody and just create another east-west surface street in there. Well, that's probably not happening anytime soon. So we've got this building that the the tenant walked away from the lease on, and we kind of need the space. Yeah, so Gregan talked a little bit about that. Yeah. So so the, so the second floor of that is basically going to be police space, auxiliary police space. They've got some uses that you know they're they're going to have. What's basically a vir- you know large virtual reality training room, which is good. I love it. Um, yeah, no, it sounds fun. He was excited about it too. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I, it's good stuff. You know, we we approved uh, the you know the purchase of that equipment fairly recently. 
Um, you know, large evidence storage. You know, if you have a stolen bicycle, where you put it? It really doesn't want to go into City Hall. Well, it's going to go into this facility. There's, there's an impound lot in the back of the place. It's a good place for excess, you know, for vehicles to go because there's a lot of space in the back of the lot. But it's not just a police building. That's just the second floor usage. The first floor is basically being built out as kind of community rooms. So we're, we're going to have quite a bit of incremental um, community meeting space in that building that we didn't have before. And I think there's a need for it out there. Yeah. And, for yeah. podcasters. <laughs> yeah, the Hummer Association maybe end up there. BHHC, I mean, that, that, taking that, up the sprawl space. Exactly, exactly. And, and you know, some so maybe some of those uses that are kind of, you know, supplementary to sprule but aren't core sprule functions like that um there's the hand weavers guild that i think meets in sprule space and you know they they could potentially meet at these spaces instead right. that guild pulls a lot of strings in dunwoody you don't want to mess with yeah them. it keeps getting brought up I, who would have ever thought <laughs> yeah when, when we started this podcast i'd never heard of the hand weavers guild that's the true government right? it does get brought <laughs> up a lot it's yeah. funny it, well it, it's just you know we have a lot of you know what really nifty um artsy stuff like that yeah just um non you know partners in you know what you know you could consider parks and rec programs you know in in a traditional the government just does it all system you know you oh the government you know gee we have arts and crafts and we have all this other stuff well no we don't do that here in Dunwoody we're not in the programming business we just partner with all these private entities that do a darn good job of what they do and you know they're better at it than I am. So yeah, let's I'll let's let them talk to Wild about that. that. That was really interesting. Do other cities they, they don't do it that way? Huh? Other cities, it's the government running the arts programs. I think that's is um, that normal? Well, that that's a a not uncommon model. Let's just okay. let, let's just say it. Put it that way. But I think it seems like they're all doing a good job. Well, yeah. We like I say. You know, you you mentioned another. I mean, you know, between you know um, the Nature Center, Spruill Center, the Hand Weavers Guild, the Dunwoody Preservation Trust. Um, you know, and then there are some, we'd also partner with some um, for-profit entities. You know, we've, we've got some guys that are, are doing a soccer program. That's who's mm, doing the... Treetop, that kind of thing. Yeah, and the Treetop Quest. That's another good example. So, you know, they're, they're providing neat programming that people seem to enjoy, and I, I, I like the model. It, you know, the, the model pre-existed me on council, but I, I support it. Yeah, I cut you off with the soccer thing. Is that Chiefs? Yeah, Chiefs. Okay. I, 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 we just started and, there. And, and Dunwoody Senior Baseball is, is another sports program. They're nonprofit, but I think the Chiefs is, you know, they, those guys are making a little money. Yeah, we're excited about I don't think they're making a whole lot of money. No, we are no. excited about uh, them moving to Brook Run because right now we're driving to Pleasantdale. Right. And the only reason we jumped on board was because, you know, there's a promise year, of building out fields at the yeah, back of Brook Run. And sure. that's going to be, we're real excited about that. Yeah, so and that's, that's. Could walk to the games, you know. Right. No, I, I think we, you know, we there's a need for those rectangular fields in Dunwoody. You know, when my son was that age, which was a few years ago now, mm-hmm. you know, it was not so unreasonable to drive a ways. But the, the traffic has gone so nuts in the last 20 years that, you know, it, just to go down to, like, we, we played a lot of soccer at the fields at uh, Windsor Parkway. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just getting down there for a 20 minute games drive and now, practice, yeah. well, <laughs> if you're lucky. Yeah, right now. <laughs> So, you know, I, I think, you know, we've needed those rectangular fields here in Dunwoody because, you know, the school system sure certainly doesn't, hasn't proven themselves capable of building and maintaining quality sport fields for our young people. And we all know that our young people have issues with 
you know, fitness and overweight. And, you know, that's, that's, you know, you can find all kinds of articles about those issues. So let's have some decent sports facilities and maybe get our kids out, you know, our right. young people. Is the, uh, did, have they decided if the fields are going to be the AstroTurf or it's going to be grass yet? Do you know yet? I f- I'm pretty sure we're heading down the turf route, but I'm, I'm hoping so. I, I'm 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 not going to say it's 100. percent Okay, I, I play at the Silverbacks fields, and it's awesome. I mean, those fields are so nice. So you're, ha- how, you're happy with the turf because that, that that's I a, love it because yeah. I've had soccer people go both ways. You on fall that down, question. you don't hurt yourself. You you're not looking. You're running in a straight line. You're not twisting your ankle and stuff. So I'm really excited about it. And the Brook Run fields are the same way. They right, that turf. So. Yeah, yeah. No, I the the baseball folks are very happy with the artificial turf. It's just yeah. that I've I've talked to soccer folks who are like, oh no, the bo- the ball bounces totally off. I, I oh, hate I love it. it. You get used to it. Okay. I'll get used to Good. It. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear <laughs> you know another side to that. Let's close out talking about Brook Run a little bit. Um, most people don't realize if you take a median house in Dunwoody and look at what your city tax bill is, not all the other stuff, not the big bottom number at the bottom line, which has been you know, it's got county operations, it's got the county school systems, you know, those are the big numbers. Mm-hmm. Our number in your tax bill is approximately the same, actually a little less than your typical annual dues at a neighborhood swim and tennis. Yeah. And, and you know, we're making a lot happen, I think, on, on you know, that tax bill. And, you know... So we're running up into, you know, how much can we afford as a city, you know, is, is part of the issue is, you know, where's the money come from? Without right? raising everybody's taxes. Exactly. Uh, you know, we have people. We don't come, have the Sandy Springs money yet. Well, and, and that's the thing. We, we have lots of people pointing at Sandy Springs. We have lots of people saying, oh, you should be doing this, that, and the other. But very rarely do they come and say, and raise my taxes to pay for it. Yeah. Um, and That's a lot of the reason people live here, too, is because it's lower taxes. Right. So. Right. Yeah. I, believe yeah, me, I'm, take. I'm very cognizant of both sides of this issue. Sure you hear it every day. And, you know, we, we're, you know, I think we're we're doing a lot with really, a, you know, a fairly small amount. City's doing an amazing job with the money they got. Yeah. I mean, look at Brook Run. You know, that amphitheater that's coming in. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. Well, and that's, let, let's, let's finish up talking about Brook Run a little bit. You know, of course, we talked about the rectangular fields. With the fields, there's going to be a snack bar and toilet facility. You know, over at the lawn, there's going to be a new pavilion because that existing large pavilion is, to be honest, it's pretty, you know, it's at its the end of its useful life. It's time for it to be knocked down. And That's re- the one down by Lemonade Days? Replaced. Yeah, the, the big green one, yeah. Okay. And, and so that'll be, a you know, a new pavilion and bathroom area. And then as part of the uh, parking lot construction, you know, kind of where the recycling bins, you know, the recycling dumpsters are now, there will be yet another picnic pavilion and set of bathrooms. So you're really, you know, everybody's talking about, oh, you're spending so much money on this great lawn and stage. Well, there's some money there, but the big money really is in the fields and these these three structures with the bathrooms plus picnic pavilion, picnic pavilion, snack bar for the soccer fields. Um, you know, so... Yeah, that, that's kind of the 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 really the big elements of of what's happening over there, and the yeah the the lawn is nice, and the stage will be nice, and you know and it'll be a little bit nicer setup for some of the events at Lemonade Days, and and you know the 
any other events that happen. The Kosher Barbecue Festival will probably figure out a way to use that stage because that's typically in that same area. I think a lot of people will come that direction now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, but, you know, you brought up Sandy Springs. You know, we are not, you know, one thing we realize is I don't necessarily want to be in the venue competition business with a lot of our neighboring cities. They're, you know, I, I was a 30-year Chastain season ticket holder until about four years ago, and I kicked them to the curb because they were promoting a lot of really crummy shows on the backs of the season ticket holders. And I came to realize that was happening because of venue competition. You know, they have venue competition from Verizon, Cobb Energy Center, Infinite Energy Center out in Gwinnett, mm-hmm. um, uh, Sugar Hill Amphitheater. To um, On a smaller scale, you know, you've got amphitheaters in Duluth and, and um, Swanee, you know, that are pretty nice little setups but you know are we really trying to be in the music and event business at that level and quite frankly I I, you know there there are enough other venues already existing that I don't see a point in trying to create something at that level I think you know what why beat your head against the wall why duplicate something that's already you know within a quick drive um, I like what Shambly's doing though, without a whole lot, you know, getting the the tribute type bands and that kind well, of stuff. Well, that, and that's we're building. I think that would be real cool. And we're building a stage that's more to that level, right? You know, we're not trying to bring in, you N- know, national acts, or national acts, or maybe a national act that were big twenty years ago, which yeah. is kind of what some of these second tier, you know, smaller venues are doing. But I, but I think you know something that's a, you know, a tribute band, a quality wedding band. You know, it's a nice. If, you know, Dunwoody level event. We're not trying to draw from the region, which Sandy Springs is very much trying to do. I mean, they've yeah. got they went big. Uh, um, the the number I'm hearing is they their ultimate spend was 286 million on City Center. What? Wow, <laughs> that's crazy. Holy cow! Now there's some other real estate in that. You know, and they're, that they'll get some return from, but it's you know when you compare it to what we spent on City Hall, which is you know, like in the 14 million range. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's great. 10 million for the traffic center. Yeah. <laughs> so um, anyway, that's that's kind of what's happening with, with Brook Run, you know, and, and we're, you know, in the process of working out exactly what we can build and getting to final approvals on that. But it's moving along nicely. And, you know, a lot of people say, what, what, what? Uh, we'd like to be under construction next year and get most of it built out next year. Okay. So Lemonade Days is going to be in its regular spot this next year? Yes. And maybe not the, the idea is to get under construction right after Lemonade Days. That makes sense. And, and then hopefully... They were going to try to fit it in before this year's Lemonade Days, and I was like, that's just not happening. No, no, that's it's... Not. Yeah. Um, you know, and a lot of folks are like, well, why are you doing this? You should have spent the money on paving or whatever. Well... Nobody's saying that, but (laughs) those people are out there. Um, The pavers, and and I and I I understand wanting more paving because, believe me, I you know, you know, I may have been on council five years, but you know, I've got alligatoring in my uh, out in front of my house, and you know, I'm I'm on the list soon. My my, but we do, you know, we go by the numbers. We do worst first. But, no um, city council poll, just getting right no, in front of your house. No, it <laughs> doesn't work like that in Dunwoody, man. We hey, go, this we, looks like Jim's house. We, 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 yeah, he goes last. <laughs> we do it by the numbers, no seriously. Favorite. Seriously. Uh, but um, They'll put a bank in front of your house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're... Wow, banks. Yeah, we... 
You know, got, a, got a few of them. We got a few of them. You know, it's like, why do you rob banks, Willie? Well, that's where the money is. Why do you put banks in Dunwoody? Well, that's where the money is. Yeah. I mean, that's the only conclusion I come to. That's why the, these guys like to be here. They, banks and pizza. That's what we're best at, right? Yeah. Um, so that's it for part one. I'll get you part two uh, in like two days. Thank you.